for dear listener, you may be unaware that actually I, I edit the show quite heavily. Really heavily. You know, sometimes we record for four hours and uh, all you're left with is 45 minutes. Yeah, yeah. A bunch of me complaining about stuff just gets deleted every week. <laughs> you know, a three-minute rant becomes a two-minute rant. So, yeah. by well, the wonders of editing today, James, yes. at some point during the next hour or so... And listeners. And listeners, you'll be unaware of this. My buzzer is going to go off and I'm going to be the proud owner of two paddle boards. Whoa, one for each leg. I know. I'm basically like turning myself into one of those Power Rangers uh, Megazords. So (laughs) rather than just... Exclusively for like Cam Waters. (laughs) Right, right. So just one paddleboard for each leg and then I'm going to have a paddle in each arm and I just need some sort of giant head sculpture to complete the look. You've already got a giant head, so it's fine. (laughs) That's fair enough. And um, yeah, no, it made me sad inside. I was called Moonface in primary school. Wow, no, it just means you've got a massive brain, that's all, which is obvious because you're skilled. All the kids were just jealous of the fact that me and Dale Myers were the smartest kids in that class by a mile. They were all you thick. You had the largest brain. And the largest face. That's it. And a very round face. So you're getting into paddleboarding. Well, you say getting into, like we've done it twice and both times really enjoyed it. And there have been a couple of times over the summer where... And don't get me wrong, I enjoy like a lazy day, but there's been a couple of days where we're like, uh-huh. what, what should we do today? Can we, should we do something? And then you think, well, Rise. if we went out oh, what can we do? and did the paddleboard things, that would be fun. But if only I was a Megazord. If, if only I had all the equipment to make myself the threat of, of cam water. And so, <laughs> rather than just going to like Loch Lomond or Loch Lomond and hiring stuff every single time, right? Figured, yeah, I have money. Let's just buy them, right? And then we can go anywhere. You could, you could just pop up to the canal, right? So then it was okay. Where, where could we go? Which is definitely a thing people do. And so people go in the canals. Yeah, uh, someone suggested the River Clyde. I'm not really sure about that one, to be honest. Because <laughs> just, just see which water. It is basically just a brown river, and I'm not a huge fan of that. The idea of falling into that, <laughs> just immediately you're just septic. I, well, I come out just covered in everybody's DNA, which is only the kind of thing I do on the weekend. So it's something which yes. we would do in locks around the area, and you know, if we're going up to the Highlands or yeah, night, cleaner water, nice places. You know, going up to, to Aberdeen in August for a weekend, we could just be like, "Yo, let's go to Stonehaven and." and scoot about the caves on our paddle boards. Absolutely. So that's the stage of life we're at now. Paddle boarding. No, that's a, that's a good one. Paddle boarding, I can, I can get behind. That's a good one. Um, a lot of people, a lot of people start getting into hobbies that are maybe less viable, but I think that True. one you can just do whenever you want. Right, right. Um, I mean, in the colder weather, maybe not unless you've got, you know, wetsuits and stuff. I don't know. Which we do. Which you do, so you got you're you're good all year round. I even got wet socks, wet suit socks. <laughs> hey, I get wet socks every time I like cry myself to sleep and wake up in a puddle. Nice, yeah, I've all been there. I actually don't wear socks to bed. Don't get me wrong here. That's that's I don't understand that habit, but some people do. I'm not judging. I just don't understand it. I agree. But uh, no, I could be getting into far worse things. I was conversing with a friend uh, recently who does not listen to the show, who was uh, sharing all the recreational drugs they've been getting into, and in a long car journey, played a voice note from one of their friends, uh, right. just blazingly talking about all the magic mushrooms they were going to try that week. Okay, that's fine. I thought, well, 
Okay, good. Yeah, it's a hobby. Good for you. As long as like you're, you know your limits, and you you've always got somebody there to like make sure you're having a safe trip and whatnot. Sure. Uh huh. Again, great. It's not something I'm completely into. Uh, but in, t- in terms of recreational drugs, the paddleboarding, I've had the same amount of experience. You could do both, and then you know whilst you're on the water, and you will really feel like a megazord at that point. Yeah. yeah that's it. There we go. That's my summer plan now. I got I got to crack that one out before the sunny days end. The only concern I have though is you go out into the open water and Graham's got a life jacket because he his swimming skills perhaps lack a little bit of um, consistency. Life jacket's a good idea, right? But the paddleboard itself is a big floaty thing. So right, so you're double floating, easy peasy. In theory, should be fine. You might as well be in the sky. But, yeah, but of course, every single news story I've seen for the last week has been father of ten dies in tragic <laughs> boating accident. Yeah, yeah. And suddenly I'm thinking, oh, I'm just like creating my own death here on a paddleboard. Oh, are you wearing a Are you wearing a life jacket? No. Are you floaty? Why aren't you Why aren't you wearing a floaty? Because I am a good swimmer. Yeah, but if you get hit in the back of the head by, like, a swordfish, you're just going for a jump. Oh, I mean, that is a possibility in Scotland, so, yeah, good good thinking. Yeah. My main well, my main reason for not doing it is, yeah, number one, I'm a strong swimmer. Number two, I'm in a wetsuit, so if I fall into the water, then the whole, like, thermal shock thing's not a thing, because I will have uh, yeah, 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 slipped yeah, yeah, yeah. some little cold water into my suit before we start, so I'm all insulated. And number insulated. three, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's attached to my ankle. The board is attached to my ankle, so if I fall off or I fall in, right. I just, I'm like, oh. That's your floaty. I'm attached to, I'm attached to the big floater, so I'm just going to clamber back on. Job done. Right, well, I don't think you've got much reason to fear then. But even I would, I would honestly, I would honestly wear a life jacket because I'm just paranoid like that. <laughs> Which is why I think I bought. Like I asked, I was saying to Graham, kind of nudgy, nudgy. Do you, do you need one? And he was instantly like, Yes, yes, I do need one. <laughs> yeah, if I fall yeah, in, yeah. I will need to be floating. So I mean, you get to enjoy yourself more if you don't feel scared of death all the time. You know, right, right. So, but then you know, there's an element of fun in that. There's an element of fun in being scared of death all the right. time. Yeah, but. Adrenaline. Like if I was going, if I was going rock climbing, I'd still wear a rope, even though I've never had a slip. Oh yeah, that's that's fair. But this is uh, the big floaty board is my is my insurance policy. Yeah, yeah, you've got your floaty board attached to you, solid rope. If dear listener, I do die in a tragic paddleboarding accident, then you can go back to this episode and say it was entirely your own fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leave a comment. Leave a comment on the SoundCloud. Lamau, what an idiot! <laughs> <laughs> Predicted this one. Can't get wrecked. Yeah, and look, it might be like 10, 20 years into the future, or maybe I'll just do what that guy did in the south of England, and I will paddleboard out into the open ocean, and then I will jump off the paddleboard, swim back into into the shore. That's a terrible idea. And then phone the police station and pretend I'm dead, and then claim the insurance money. Do you remember that guy? On yourself. No, I've completely forgotten that oh. story, but it sounds wild. So he, uh, so they found his, it was a kayak or it was a canoe. They found his paddle, his kayak, okay. So not quite the same, but he uh, he, he basically set his kayak off uh, adrift and then... He set it onto like autopilot, the way it goes. In cahoots with his wife, he hid in a, like a cupboard for three months right. until his like... Death money came through, right? And then they moved to the Bahamas, and six years later they got spotted. They came back, and the whole and their sons and all their family, who had a f- proper funeral for him and everything, were like, "Oh, oh, you're still alive, Dad. Oh, you're not dead. How right? about that? Oh, cool. We're not going to talk anymore. Hi, Dad. Glad and you're now, not dead and all. <laughs> and now they're in prison 
or he he well, either why. just got released or has been in prison for like the last 10 years. All right, I, I did not know that story. That is a melt in my brain a little bit. Congrats to not dead person on your hustle, but really, I don't I don't understand how you get caught after doing something like that. Where did they go? Well, they went to the Caribbean. Yeah, but why would you go anywhere? When you go to the Caribbean and you're living your, your rich life with your like whatever your life insurance was, like what are you doing that gets you noticed? Well, just going around your daily business. You know, if you lived there long enough... Did you enough, not even, like, change their facial hair situation? That changes people. If you grow out a beard, you're very not recognisable anymore. So look up John Darwin. John Darwin is the name of uh, the canoe con no man. Way. John Darwin. No and way. if you read that, you'll get all the all the details. Much better retelling than, than me. And I got it. It's fascinating and also hilarious in equal measure. Uh, Looks like he definitely did not grow a beard out. What an idiot. <laughs> I do wonder with these uh, con man and con con men, con, con, con women, con persons, con people, that uh, how far in advance do they plan things out? Or do they just go to, for example, well, I'll just pretend to be dead for several months, we'll get the money, and then we're, no, we're in the clear. I'm assuming, I'm assuming the good ones we don't hear about. This is the problem. We only get the the headlines of the ones who got caught, right? So you nearly made me spit out my coffee. <laughs> uh, that is true. The good ones we do not hear about because they just they actually do vanish. They just got away with it. Yeah, right? that's They're true. Like, oh. <laughs> we don't get the headline for like uh, John Marmon uh, died just straight up died <laughs> yep. and never got found out to be a fraudster. He's just dead. We don't get that headline. That's fair. Okay. Yeah. No good point. Anyway, James, what about you? You been uh, planning any uh, death fakery? Uh, no death fakery, actually. Uh, tons of other fakery. So watch out for my scams coming to your addresses any day now. Nice. Um, I'm, I'm used to those. But no, I, I honestly have not got anything planned at all for the near future. It's nice. It's nice being zero stressed. Although, let me tell you what. Good. I did pay my pay my taxes. That was awful. Oh, was it a painful day? But I'm proud to have done it. It was the majority of my bank account is now oh. in the queen's pocket yet again. That's disgusting. But I'm proud to do it. It's going to pay for like two inches of roadworks. Nice. Yes. That is true. Yes. Contributing to Britain's roads. And you welcome the public. And the Queen's warm house. <laughs> Some of your money has gone to that. Yeah. How does that make you feel? Oh, it's great. It's great. I'm sure it's going to pay back in in tenfold well, in the future when the Queen like pays for my heating. Talking of tax, the show is definitely not sponsored by Arnold Clark, you bunch of useless... Dafties. Nice. I uh, have yet to receive any sort of reminder notices about my road tax, uh, which is coming up, which I knew was coming up, but I didn't think it was weird that I hadn't heard anything. You're smart, lad. And then suddenly, right. I phoned up DVLA today and they say, oh yes, we don't have any registered keepers off your vehicle. Right. And it turns out, Arnold Clark either have just forgotten entirely about this paperwork that you need to right, yeah. do your road tax mm-hmm. or they just they've just not bothered to do it. Negligence. And so I have to go to the post office on Monday and pretend that I like I haven't driven there to then re-tax <laughs> my car. And then I'm gonna leave and get into my car and drive away. I think so I think you're fine. I mean it's technically illegal but I did drive t- for 2 months last year on tax and that was bad. Yeah. But I didn't realize. You didn't know. That was that was on that was on Big Arnold. What a letdown. Well th- this one is definitely on Big Arnold. Yeah. Like he's I I'm not not a fan of them at the best of times but this is um just another reason why you should only ever go to Arnold Clark if you are a cheapskate. <laughs> and then they'll rip you off anyway. Yeah, you still lose. 
So welcome to the show, which isn't sponsored by Arnold Clark or anybody for that matter, because we are independent. It is, however, sponsored by my hustles and scams. Yes. Keep an eye out, but don't like don't like keep an eye out in a, in a way that makes you not fall for them. And if anybody fall for them, if anybody has any good ideas of uh, how to fake your own death successfully and get away with it then you can send them to Grow us. Ideally on a postcard from the Bahamas, seeing as you have you know, successfully carried it out yourself. Yeah, if you can send us a headline that is like, y- you're in, you died, but they, but no follow-up headline off, but wait, no, they didn't die, then nice. we'll believe you. That's the evidence we need. Yeah. And you can do that at Cecil Parade on Twitter, as some of you have done. CecilParade at gmail.com. <laughs> they already have. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. And thank you for those of you who did get in touch. We did have uh, some agreement with my uh-huh. feedback on Dairy Girl. Sister Michael is the name of the character I was thinking of. All right. And uh, yes, people are agreeing that Sister Michael is the best character. And the, the dynamics between her and Jenny are, are, are off the charts. And other people who said that, yes, Dairy Girls is a very good show. And James, you should watch it. And why haven't you watched it? I didn't watch it. I didn't start watching it yet. I'm sorry, everyone. Yeah. Instead, I started watching Succession, which is similar. Nice. It features characters. It features a TV screen. <laughs> None of them are Irish, though. But they are ancestrally Scottish, which Americans think is like the same. That is true. Uh, what what season are you on? You just have you just started? I have I have finished season one because I started it, oh. and then it was did that thing where whatever the provider was was like you've got you've got like five days to finish this. It's <laughs> <laughs> like oh no. Okay, well, well, I know to finish it really fast, so I did. I finished it really fast. Nice. We'll get to that because Succession is one of my favorite shows ever. I, I'll uh, just but, wait till I finish three seasons and then I'll review. Okay, okay. Well, dear listener, if you want to get in touch with the show, you can for any reason. Be that to agree, disagree, send us a review of something you've watched. You can do seesawparade at gmail dot com. James, I haven't yeah. actually haven't checked the the emails at the moment, so uh, I'm going to do that, and you can tell me how you are. What's what's happening? I just already said that part though. I'm scamming everyone. Please oh, don't sweet, fall. Sweet Please sweet fall dead. for it for sure, but don't like don't like make it feel like it was deliberate. I want to feel like I'm a legitimate scammer, not just like you're all uh, just give me a little pandering. Um, but aside from that, everything's fine over here. Uh, let, let, me, let me tell you, I will do the usual complaint. I woke up and I had an ear infection. Wow. But I have managed to medicate. I have medicated. I am used to it. I have lived with this my entire life. And it only took me four hours to get to the point of just being able to exist and actually talk without hearing a reverberation in my head. Okay, well, thank you for that, James. It does seem like um, we are back in the trend of you being uh, ill for shows, which is which is good. The earth is healing. I got it. I'm back. I'm on point. It is good. Mm. You know, for a while there, I was running away with like a, a, a streak of not being unwell enough to complain about, but I have returned. N- nice. Built back better. Yes, like very similar to the actual policy. Yes. Thank you. We, we've been told that uh, Chris is going to send us a review of uh, Pride, which is the lesbians and lesbians and gays support the minors movie from a few years ago. Okay. I don't know if that's I don't know if that's accurate or not. It might be a joke. I guess we'll find out. But uh, otherwise, Chris, I mean, the challenge, the gauntlet has been thrown down. Hey, it's it's over to you. Your review. And Anthony, thank you for your review of Kingmaker. We will get to that next week because this show is busy, as always. We'll find out. And lots of uh, actual entertainment stuff to talk about because the San Diego Comic Con happened. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, there are actually more trailers in that than we are here to talk about. Too much to talk about. We'll get to that later on. But James, let's start with what is currently happening in the news in the UK. And this is the news that after Tugboat was sunk, ah. Badenoch boat 
Hit the rocks. Bad vote. Correct. We're down to two in the running for the next Prime Minister of the United Kingdom, Rishi Sunak. Oh, and it is such a such a selection. Oh boy. And Liz Truss. It's like somebody's passed the Christmas chocolates to you, but you got the last pick and it's the trash ones. <laughs> Although I like bounties, to be fair, so I, I usually am a winner okay. in the Christmas chocolate selections. Right, let's get to the actual uh, latest. So this is the story that is uh, will be rumbling on for the next month. So I, uh, we oh are. Boy, it's actually that long. Well, it's a month before they get announced. I think the oh, ballots to the Tory supporters slash Tory members are being sent out pronto. But this is the news that supporters of Liz Truss have accused uh, Rishi Sunak of performing a screeching U-turn by pledging to scrap VAT <laughs> on energy bills when prices keep rising. So, so far, Mr. Sunak hasn't promised any tax cuts, and in fact, he's slagged off Liz Truss for suggesting that that would be a reasonable thing to do. And then today, which is Wednesday, he's come out to say that actually the 5% VAT rate on household gas and electricity bills, he would end it, as Labour had earlier suggested. I shall end it. What what we need is more austerity, boys. (laughs) So uh, Mr Sunak's team in response have, have said that he has always been consistent in trying to help families. Well, keep on trying, Mr Rishi, because it ain't working. Trying his best. It's crazy to me hearing them talk and hearing them slag off the UK and how everything's just so bad right now and everyone's suffering and tax rates are ridiculous and energy bills are terrible and everyone's going to food banks and decent families are struggling. It's like, you you guys did this. How come their selling point as the next PM is like, look how bad of a job we have already done. (laughs) Let us do more, please. But the thing is, everyone's going to fall for it. All the voters are going to, they're just going to do it. They're just going to believe it. Like, oh, well, I guess they've got a point. Things are bad right now. We should vote for them instead. Right. Well, just before we get into that aspect of things, this race has been whittled down from something like eight yeah, to yeah, yeah. Two. two. Yeah, yeah. And what happened last week was that the five remaining candidates had their big debate on the BBC. A big old TV debate. Yeah. Then they cancelled one of the other ones that was planned because basically the Tories realised they were doing exactly as you said James slagging each other off tearing down the fact that the government for the last like two three years has been absolutely useless 10 12 knocking lumps out of each other in in this debate uh, platform and then on Monday night's debate on the BBC exactly the same feedback Truss and Sunak trashing each other's records despite the fact that we're both in government together just, they're, just, they're just colleagues being like our team sucks no your team sucks no we we all do so that's where we're at and yesterday's uh debate which was hosted by yeah. talk tv and the sun and had to stop halfway through because the debate um because the host the, the fainted. Host did have a little faint yeah it's just yeah yikes must have been very hot in there that uh, is the last we've heard of the two of them but knows. They had a more, as a, according to this article, conciliatory tone towards the two of them. Oh, they've realised their mistake, yeah. They've realised <laughs> that actually they are just damaging their Actual. own party. They're just so brain dead. It is... I, I, oh, I said this a thousand times, but it constantly surprises me how brain dead the, t- the Tory leadership okay. is. Well, just, <laughs> just, just before you... Maybe we shouldn't make fun of our own policies too hard. <laughs> just before you get into that then, what's your impression of the two... Uh, candidates, because one oh of these two people days. will be the next British Prime Minister. 
frightening, I know. Yeah, exactly. There aren't enough words to use that actually could summarize how bad things are going to be. <laughs> they already are bad. Things things are terrible, and it's all thanks to c- the conservative response to crisis after crisis after crisis. They haven't handled anything well for a decade and more. And it's only going to get worse because what we have is two really, really stupid people, one of whom is quite literally in charge of the economy side of things right now and is saying, hey, the economy is really bad right now. Whoever's in charge of that is an idiot. Yep. And the other one's response is just, let's do what the Tories have done for the last 10 years that has completely failed the country, but let's do it even harder. Maybe if we just do it more, it's better. Rishi and Liz, terrible people. <laughs> what a flawless return. The edit... <laughs> Unnoticeable. <laughs> totally, totally unnoticeable. Okay, so to lay out the two positions, yeah. Liz has basically come in and said, hey, we need to cut back on tax. We need to give people tax Which breaks. Is ridiculous. Because Which is ridiculous. Rishi, you're, you've put the tax up to the highest in 70 years. What people need is a break. Let's, let's give them all the money back. Whereas Rishi is saying, you can't do that. That's just a, a fairy wish list. Yeah. I mean, he's right. You need to be realistic here. He, and he's, like, technically correct. That, like, the Tory policy of just lowering a bunch of taxes over and over and over again is a fairy tale. He is right. But right. His own response is just, like... But... But, 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 but hey, I'm Rishi. <laughs> but the problem is, though, he's, he's losing. She is more popular than he is in the polls at the moment. And... She's got the momentum, apparently. What's mental to me is that if you asked her what era of UK history she wants to reflect, what era of Great Britain she wants us to copy-paste, I bet the tax rates were, like, mad high on corporations. And I bet the tax rates were higher than she thinks they were on most people except the very poorest. And she's just cherry-picking, like, the working class is being overtaxed, which, by the way... Comparatively, she's right. The the lower classes are being given the tax burden in the UK so that they can keep taxes on corporation profits down or on other corporation-related taxes down and on, you know, the rich people taxes down. And she, so she's kind of right. But if she wanted to point to the part of UK history she liked and that she thinks was the best version of the UK, I, I bet you all of her friends would be paying a bunch more tax. But the, the problem is, though, it, it plays really well to... UK voters and Tory members. So all they want to hear is, oh, lower taxes, oh, great, without actually thinking, hold on a second, how is this actually going to work? And so she'll get... Yeah, how do we afford anything? So uh, to me, it's it's almost like saying whatever you need to say in order to get the votes. Oh, yeah, she's, yeah, she's doing that, yeah. Well, what she is doing. Something else she said yesterday was uh, she wants to institute a policy where one police officer attends every, burgl- uh, every burglary. It's easier <laughs> said than done. And... That is another thing which is just unachievable, but it sounds good on paper. We're gonna, the Tories are going to be strong on crime eventually. Oh. <laughs> just give us another 12 years, maybe. But that, that's another reflection of it. I mean, that's the thing. And you see, that, you see the same in Starmer, where they want to be tough on crime, tough on drugs, and tough on all these things because the voter base votes for it, because the voter base is misinformed, because the media loves to report and all these things as though it's some major crisis in the UK. But we aren't having this major crime crisis, and we aren't having all of these crises that, that, that the voters are informed are a huge problem. And instead, all the crises we're having, all the crises, crises we're having are 
less tangible and very much less okay. on a based around individual action aside from individual members of, of very rich parties who are very corrupt. Those are still individuals. Um, but like, but like poor people doing benefits, not a problem. Uh, the, 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 the rate of crime in the UK, seriously, not a problem compared to how much media attention it gets. And all of these things that the, the Tories and also Labour now are trying to get votes for, it, it, their responses to it don't even help. Like fighting, fighting these things by like increasing jail time. Turns out, increasing jail time and stuff just gives people more chance to actually become proper hard criminals instead of you know reforming them in the what the way the UK works. And 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 but but because that those things aren't so easy to sell in the media, we get all these trash yep. trash idiot takes about <laughs> about what people are going to do to lead the nation to greatness, and it's just going to make things worse. The, the one final point I want to make about mistrust is that she's also said today that uh, she wants police forces to cut murders oh by twenty percent. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Responded to by police sources as uh, totally incoherent and ignorant. Have they considered like you know? funding the police better not just like hiring more which maybe we need more who knows i'm not an expert on these things i don't really agree with with over policing and such things but you know when it comes to investigating murders sure but if you want to cut crime and you want to cut murder in particular i don't think the people who respond to it happening is really the the ones who are responsible right right surely it's about funding the the people who kind of prevent these things from happening whether that be mental health institutions or uh, rehab institutions and things like that 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 kind of pe- keep people away from the 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 big crimes instead of just saying hey the police this is on you <laughs> figure it out guys okay well let's move on Let's talk about the Ukraine war. This is another big story that's continuing to uh, rumble on. In the last few days, it looked like the first glimmer of hope had appeared after a deal was signed in Turkey between Ukraine and Russia to restart exports of grain uh, from ports on the Black Sea. It is really important, yeah. I've seen Sergei Lavrov, the Russian foreign minister, has basically been on a a glad-handing be nice to us tour of Africa because Africa imports more grain than I think any other continent in the world the majority of which comes from Ukraine. Yeah. And so this is then having a knock-on effect of even the countries who perhaps did support Russia, or, or maybe not support, but were happy to just let them do their thing. The ones who ignored this whole situation, yeah. Suddenly, their populations are now beginning to starve. And so this deal was signed a few days ago, it was maybe last Friday. Yeah. And within 24 hours, Russia had fired missiles on the main port of Odessa. What? Uh, no way. You're... Russia couldn't be that bad, surely. You, you, I mean, you'd think so. And Whoa. the Russians even denied it. They even said it wasn't us. It just, you know, it just fell out of the sky. You know, I, <laughs> just, I don't know. It was, it was the Lord. <laughs> Divine intervention. He said, no grain. <laughs> and this is, uh, of course, raised fears that the deal could be uh, scuppered. And ultimately, you need both sides, particularly the Russians here, to, to play ball. But it sounded to me like a, an act of desperation. Is sabotaging a deal they've made, perhaps realizing that yeah. oh no, wait, this is this is a good thing for people. It's going to help people. You know what? Let's just blow it up instead. So make it yeah, make it worse. At again. the moment, worse is better. Right? Twenty million tons of grain are stuck in ports uh, across uh, the country, unable to leave because of the Russian naval forces who are controlling yeah. most of the Black Sea. And the heavy fighting has also damaged both uh, ports, but also harvests, lots of uh, mines as well, which have been laid. So the food shortages uh, and price rises we've seen, uh, but particularly here affecting Africa. 
is what's caused or what has been one of the main factors to get the two sides round the table. So right. this is where we're at. The, the Today's headlines is that there is still hope yes. that grain exports could restart within days. But call me sceptical, but I will believe it when I see it. Yeah, I tend tend not to believe anything that requires Russia to, you know, shake a hand and actually follow up. They've been saying similar, weirdly, well, either positive or negative things since the start of the of the war, and since forever, as far as I'm concerned, where their their deals either good or their threats of bad. You can never really believe anything they're saying, and that's their that's their whole goal is just to just say whatever they feel benefits them the most in the moment without really caring about whether they intend to follow up or not. Just just chaos. But I don't know what they're getting from it. It doesn't s- seem to be going their way. Nope. So we'll see what their plan is. It's, it's, it's scary, though. And genuinely, um, seeing the secondhand impacts or the way down the chain level of impact upon impact and on impact and how one major conflict is uh, shifting the world in many a ways is really eye-opening and... Hopefully people are realizing that it's time to start paying attention to any conflict because it can have repercussions way beyond just its own borders. Well, the the current repercussions that uh, European nations and I'm sure the UK will soon be uh, facing is gas prices soaring once again because... Because we shook our hands of Russia and we said, you guys, if you be good forever... We'll take your gas forever. And then Russia was like, yeah. Mm. We will uh-huh. We will take all of your gas. So this is the news that... We'll be good forever. <laughs> the flow through the Nord Stream 1 pipeline to Germany is now operating at less than a fifth. Which is run by Gazprom, that one company who does a whole lot of sports washing. Yes, Gazprom. They've cut the, uh, the flow to less than a fifth of its normal capacity. So rather than 100% of the gas, we're now at... Maintenance. Less than 20. Yeah, so they've said it's... Due to maintenance and uh, the world said, yeah, right. Uh (laughs) But this is what's happening. We now have this tiny amount of gas coming through from Russia, and that is now putting the prices up. Uh, They're now 2% trading above an earlier all-time high. Wow. uh, Which was when Russia first invaded Ukraine. So this is then going to have... Thanks, Joe Biden. ...a roll-on effect for basically everybody. Uh, Germany have responded and said there was no reason or no technical reason for the supply to be limited. And Ukraine has now accused Moscow of waging a gas war against Europe. Now, as you say... I mean, it is. As you say, James, this is a problem of the continent's own making because yeah. the supply of gas from Russia be, albeit plentiful if you're going to essentially one major source for all of your energy if that source stops or is reduced then yeah you're going to be in trouble yeah you got, we're, we allowed Russia to basically have a monopoly on a lot of different countries gas supplies yeah which yeah. you know just seems really not smart um, but it's great to say right now with a whole bunch of hindsight and in the middle of a crisis, but I feel like people who are smarter than me, who are in charge of these decisions, could have predicted this. And I'm betting they maybe did, but I'm betting that certain politicians were like, nah, no way we'll keep Russia happy. Don't worry about it. Um, but, you know, the, the silver lining, and it's a very small silver lining because there's a massive war and a massive crisis and a bunch of people either dead or displaced, is that... These kinds of things cause uh, huge amounts of innovation and invention and progress and stuff like that. So uh-huh. far quicker than before, we are going to see Europe cut its dependence on 
probably Russian gas and on other other suppliers too, probably having learned their lesson that maybe don't rely on random um, countries to supply you diligently forever. And instead, I don't know, build up energy production that is sustainable within your borders. It's it's getting Imagine. to the point, though, as you say, where... Uh, it's it's more than just a few countries who are being affected now. Oh yeah, this is everybody. This is you know, be that food shortages or yeah, the, the rising cost of of gas and therefore the heat that we use in our homes. Now, the UK, according to this article, sources less than five percent of its gas from Russia, but still, that's enough to have a knock on effect because if the prices <laughs> is or prices are going up in Europe, they will similarly well, go up in the UK. Are there certain other companies? <laughs> Just put up their prices anyway because they see like they see a crisis to take advantage of. The gas prices in the UK. <laughs> here's here's your fact for you. Okay, are six times higher than they were last year. Wow, I wonder how gas profits are like right now. Six times. I bet gas profits are tiny because they must be struggling so much oh, to keep course. the price low. Yeah, there yeah. has been uh, again one of just to <laughs> to tie this into the uh, Sunak and Truss uh, debacle. There has been some suggestion of, okay, you guys need to do something or suggest something to help out the families or everybody whose energy bills are going to go up again in October. And basically, MPs have said, yeah, yeah, you're right. We do need to do something. And that's as far as we go. Yeah, 100%. We actually should respond to this. We need to help. <laughs> Yeah, and, and now what? Like it sucks because because then you see the polls coming out of it. Like, would you would be willing to have your day to day expenses increase in support of Ukraine? And then everybody who's legitimately too poor to have their day to day expenses increase has to say no and look like an evil person because they can't afford to have increases. People are like, do you support the war in Ukraine if it makes your budget uh, your 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 weekly budget increase by two hundred percent? It's like, well, actually. I can't. I can't support that. Yeah. Because because it would kill me. And then everyone's like, "Well, you're evil. <laughs> How dare you be evil?" And like all the all the people who aren't really affected too strongly are, of course, still supporting. Yep. Uh, but but that's why these responses are so important because the the way that the country and the population feels about a crisis obviously matters because it affects who we're going to be voting for and the policies of the people who are voting for. So if everybody gets exhausted of of expensive living becoming more and more expensive and there's no response from the government, they're not going to support Ukraine anymore, which clearly we need to. That's the right thing to do. So the, this is a tactic by Russia, of course, and that's the goal, is to make people more war-weary so there's less war support so that we'll vote for politicians and vote for policies that decrease the war response and then yeah, yeah. make things easier. So like the conservatives need to respond to this, and it's not even out of the good of their heart. They need to respond to it because it keeps a crisis uh, getting responded to, which is a bit of a... T- no, you know what I mean. I- I, I, I get you, absolutely. Okay, let's uh, move on. One other big story before we uh, shuffle sideways into other stories, like a crab. <laughs> wow. More stories, and then guess what? Other stories, too. And then other stories with different names. And this is the news that last week in the UK, the highest temperature ever was wow. recorded. 40.3 degrees Celsius. Before it happened, let's just jump straight into complaining about things. The media was cringy and embarrassing, trying to pretend yeah. that it wasn't going to be a horrible crisis. The, the clip I saw, and it was from GB News, so I'm only going to give it yeah, passing yeah, yeah. Fox mention, News, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
was uh, two presenters who were saying to their to their correspondent, "Oh, it's going to be <laughs> lovely in the UK. I'm really looking forward to it." Isn't it just going to be so nice? I'm yeah. going to go tanning and stuff. Ooh, I can't wait. Everyone's going to like buy ice creams and feel real good. <laughs> yeah, the guy was saying he's like, "Look, it's all well and good if you're enjoying a summer's day and it's twenty or twenty-one. Yeah, it's going to hit forty. And people are going to die. Yes, uh, and the, the prisoner's like, oh, well, hold, hold on, Ben. We want to keep things happy here. We want to keep things cheery. <laughs> don't, don't mention the people are dying. That's not joyful enough. <laughs> uh, yeah. And he responded to say, well, look, this is really serious. You know, If it was like a nice sunny day, fine. But this is the highest temperature the UK has ever had. And people are le- are legitimately going to die. Yeah. People's homes are going to burn down. But it, and lo and behold, it happened. But they, as GB News, which is awful and terrible and really shouldn't have any funding at all but of course they're getting funded by evil people um, are a reflection or an exaggeration of a general media response which was weak right? because the media should have been not just saying hey this is going to be dangerous maybe stay indoors here's some tips on how to stay cool they should have been saying like hey the government should have prepared for this 10 years ago all your homes should have been prepared for this 10 years ago with with government funding behind it, why not? And now you're all going to die because of it. Let's keep people to account. But no, the media is just like, your personal responsibility is to put some towels in the freezer and use it as aircon. <laughs> yeah, we did. Uh, I think it was the Sun whose headline was something like "Summer Scorchio," and that yeah, was yeah, yeah. that was it. But think, uh, on the back of this, of course, the Daily Mail was bad as well. So, like, calling everyone snowflakes mm. about like being a bit scared of a heat wave. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, so this was uh, on the back of the news that London's fire service had its busiest day since World War II, dealing with multiple blazes in record-breaking temperatures as well in London on Tuesday. So the capital was one of 15 areas in the UK to declare a major incident. Yeah. Uh, the highest temperature, 40.3, was wow. in Lincolnshire. Scotland also had its highest temperature ever, which I believe was recorded wow. in the borders. I didn't actually. I didn't actually struggle struggle too much, but I stayed indoors, so I don't. Really, I don't. I don't have the touching stone here. Fair enough. Okay. Well, we myself and Graham went out on the Monday and instantly regretted it and went out to Spitfire, the coffee shop in Merchant yeah. City, yeah. and they offered, "Hey, do you want to sit inside or outside?" And both of us kind of reluctantly went in inside because you inside, feel like please? you have to go outside because the sun's out. But actually, it was just... <laughs> it is your duty as a pasty white person to go outside. And so, yeah, the advice of staying in, even though it was something I, both of us were reluctant to do, it was the right thing to do because it was so hot, particularly in, in Glasgow and in those built-up areas. Yeah. And if it was 40 in London, I bear to I could barely bear to imagine what that must be no, like. Uh, no, I, I feel I feel for it. it like, And it is going to be a constant crisis for it. Now, let's be nice about this. The entire rest of our lives, it's just going to be a crisis basically every year until we die. Yes. <laughs> that's the nice version. Um, and that's why we had this response of like, what can we do as a structured society to make it less of a crisis? We need to be preparing now yeah. for how bad it's going to be in 10 more years. But instead, it's just like, hey, oh, eat some watermelons to stay cool, but also be eating. I saw someone who posted, remember, this is likely to be uh, the the coldest summer you'll experience for the rest of your life. Yeah, no, yeah. The hottest summer ever. <laughs> Maybe actually the coolest one for the rest of your life. Which, which is uh, a scary thought, but as you say, is... Um, is the reality, because this is more than just the UK. It's affected and killed more than 1,600 people 
across yeah. Spain, Portugal, and Italy. That mainly the elderly who were who are, who are countries who are even more prepared yes. for these things. Yeah, I mean, oh, exactly. Who were prepared for it, and people, you know, almost two thousand people died as a result of this. As well as, as you say, homes which had um, burned down. Thirty thousand people were evacuated in uh, the wow. mountainous regions of Spain because, again, it, it just got so hot that something caught fire. Oh yeah, France was literally on fire. Yeah, France had a big wildfire. And parts of France as well, as you say. So this is affecting tens of thousands of people's homes. But as we've seen with even the Ukrainian and Russian stories we talked about, it's only when everybody is suddenly affected or governments are suddenly affected and they have to make a decision right now that things start to move and and innovation and uh, solutions are found because people are forced into that. But when it's still only just a small minority, (laughs) and as you say, the media are very much on the side of cheer up everybody it was just a nice summer's day rather than hey this was the hottest temperature we've ever recorded in this country and people died because of it all right at best the media is like hey some of you might die but with individual responsibility you can be the one who doesn't die <laughs> right right so so somewhat apathetic towards it despite the fact that this is <laughs> yeah you're right it's reality and this is what we're, we will all be dealing with for the rest of our lives yeah but and then and then but then we're just gonna vote for for Liz Truss, who's gonna be taxing less and spending less and just m- making more crises happen. Okay, James, let's move over to in a surprise on Seesaw Parade what we've been watching because wow. yeah San Diego Comic Con happened we've got uh, movies and stuff to talk about so let's start with what we've been watching we both have finished the same TV show we have and I have seen the latest Thor film and you've seen oh boy. Uh, Peacemaker so I have seen Peacemaker shall we start with Stranger Things because that yes is now in full season 4 on Netflix they released it in two batches the first seven episodes followed by the final two James what did you think uh it was one of the better seasons of Stranger Things I agree but the finale was just kind of bad y- yep I'm with you on that <laughs> that's my review <laughs> I mean I'm, I think certain characters had good stories I think they made a brave decision with the ending. Um, okay. I don't want to really spoil it, but uh, one of the characters who was having who was in very big danger, uh, they didn't just get a, get a jail free card, you know. Um, but I, I do feel like it's I just didn't care very much because it was very obvious that the only character who was at risk of losing their their you know life was. The new character who... The obvious one. Somehow needed a redemption arc, even though they were actually a good guy all along. And <laughs> apparently there was a big deal that they were a coward, but we'd never really seen them be a coward at any point. No, um, no. So I didn't really buy that arc as much as I liked the character. I didn't really buy that arc and they were the only character at risk and it was like everybody else, they're going to just be like in fake danger for an hour and then the episode will be over. Um I did like that there was different groups all over the world doing different things and the storylines didn't feel quite so forced to to work together and there wasn't yep. like weird little walkie-talkie calls to like scheme and plan it was just people doing their thing and it actually worked out in tandem that was nice there was there was elements that I liked but overall it was just a pretty good a pretty good season with some pretty good reveals some good tying of story together characters that had returned it made sense but overall it was just kind of like okay I'm glad I watched it 
never going to watch it again. Yeah, that's fair. And I think I enjoyed it right up until about the last episode because the last episode I compared to Return of the King in that you thought it was finished and you were like, okay, that was good. And then they go into the next scene and you think, oh, okay, they're finishing here. No, no, there's more to come. Oh, they're going to finish. No, there's there's more. And after two and... It was a very prolonged crisis of Two ending. and a half hours of, a, of an ending... You think, okay, okay, gosh, right, now we've set up season five, can we please just draw a line under this? It was, it was crazy to me how long the last episode was, and not very much happened at all. Right. Thinking back on it. But there's also the fact of the sprawling cast. This show started with, essentially, the kids and a couple of adults, but now yeah. you have got maybe two dozen cast and char- main casting characters... To the extent that I believe it was the Millie Bobby Brown in a press interview ahead of the show essentially said to the writers, you need to be more Games of Thronesian about this and start killing people off. And they said, uh, no. It's Hawkins. Because people, we need to give them time to... This isn't Westeros. ...be emotionally invested in the character and to deal with the aftermath of seeing their friends die. So Well, no, yeah. It sounds like <sighs> they're, hmm. not, they're not planning to kill anyone else off... Certainly in the same way that we've seen with, you know, The Red Wedding. Well, or previous seasons where they set up a character who seems to be getting, you know, some investment and then they died. and then But then it just happened again and then the same character died. And they've just gone through the same loop of like, here's one character that we're putting a lot of time into. Therefore, you know that that's the one who's going to die. And it's like kind of boring at that point. Whereas they just brought out one of the main cast dead. It would be surprising. I don't think I'd like it. But they do have so many side characters now that are getting so much screen time that, you know, giving one of them like some interesting character ending would be great. But instead, we just have to keep prolonging all their side stories, like you're saying. And it just it just uh, inflates how much show there is for overall not much actual plot happening. You know who I miss, though? I miss the teacher from season one. That guy was cool. Why is he not in the show anymore? I don't remember who you're talking about. He had a mustache and he taught them science. Oh, yeah. That guy. Oh, what a shame. Yeah. Maybe he died. Maybe he left. Maybe he faked his own death. You know what? There was one death in the final episode that I thought was pretty well done because it was like the somewhat justified um, anti... No. uh, The somewhat uh, justified antagonist of the season died but it was just kind of like a throwaway moment and I was like okay that makes sense it was I liked that that yep. little moment was well done and that character was pretty well done and everyone seems to think they're a horrible bad evil person but they were just very actually realistic for that time period yeah oh for sure okay James uh, I'm gonna go to your TV show first before I tell you about Thor Love and Thunder so Peacemaker I watched what is it I watched Peacemaker where can we see it it's the show that we all thought would be completely pointless and meaningless because it was just some random throwaway spin-off from uh, Suicide Squad that got made in the pandemic as a joke but actually became an actual decent making and a good show and let me tell you I enjoyed it very much. Interesting. I was very surprised by how good and how how much I bought into John Cena playing yes. his character in this show. He was he was legitimately good for a change, whereas in previous attempts at acting and stuff, it's kind of been I like subpar. Mr. Cena because and not he's just a good person. and not just because of the whole wrestling thing. He's not even that good a wrestler, but that's his background. I think he's very good at essentially doing the thing that I always criticize actors for doing, which is being themselves. Like Tom Cruise, yeah. who will only ever give you a Tom Cruise performance. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, okay. who will only be 
Dwayne The Rock Johnson. John Cena is exactly the same in every film I've seen him, just playing that <laughs> kind of goofy, over-the-top wrestler yeah, persona. Yeah, and he's yeah. very good at it. Okay. So, I'd say he's doing that a wee bit, but it's transformed a little. Right. And the one thing he does that is different to the likes of Cruz and The Rock and stuff is he is agreeing to be a bit of an idiot. Yeah, He's agreeing yeah. to put himself in an embarrassing situation. His, his character loses, and his character is like... He's actually got some depth because of that. And this character, the main character from this show, who isn't really a hero, not really, I guess an anti-hero by like some standards, but is our protagonist, is is actually a vulnerable character who has emotion and depth beyond what I thought would be possible with this character f- having seen the film, who was just he was just like a little bit of a side 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 comic relief to one of the other characters. Um and and they've done a really good job with the show. Uh, they've tied it into the universe well. They, they they do tell you very early on that this is goofy. It's a little bit contrived. Uh, but as soon as you've bought into that, you're golden. It's one of the best things I've seen come out of like superhero wow. and superhero-related media for a long time because it didn't just try to be the generic superhero thing. It was actually trying to be different again, which is nice. How because, can people watch it? Uh, it's on in the UK, so I think it's only on Now TV. Okay, like Sky, Sky and Sky stuff. So if you got Sky, you can probably access it. If you got Now TV, you can access it. It is short, and it has got the best title sequence of the year, Interesting. for sure. And that that matters to me. Um, but no, they, 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 they've done a good job of bringing in some characters uh, for the team who were previously established. They've got a new character as well to just join in as regular human beings. They've given him a sidekick. He's, this father figure appears in the show. He's got a pet eagle. It, none of it feels very real. <laughs> none of it feels very grounded. Okay. But it, because it, because it never tried to pretend it was real and grounded... You can just skip past all of that and enjoy the show anyway and enjoy the way they're establishing all these different characters to bounce off each other and grow as a team. Um, and genuinely, I was emotionally invested in things that I thought would just be good brain-dead TV. Okay. Now, I'm not saying it's a 10 out of 10 TV show, but for superhero media, yep. way better than what we've been seeing coming out of like Marvel recently and way better than most films that I've seen recently. Well, what a beautiful segue because, yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly. Let me tell you about Thor Love and Thunder. This may be I'm not ready. one of the, if not the, worst Marvel movie okay. ever. That's such a shame. The problem I have with it. In fact, I'm going to start with the, with the good things. There are only three good things. Okay. Number one, it, it is the shortest Marvel movie, I believe, so far. It is, wait, with credits, an hour 59. Number two, Christian, wait, Christian That's Bale. The, sh- the shortest? Shortest, yes. No way. Number two. Or That's long. One of the short. It's under two hours. Okay, anyway, number two. Okay. Christian Bale is very, very good. And How much screen time does he get? Well, this is the one of my cons. He does not get enough. Okay. But of okay. the stuff yeah, I thought so. he That's gets... That's too short a film to get a good, a good villain. <laughs> of the stuff he gets, he is very good and he does what you would expect him oh. to do in this role. And he is, it hurts hearing this. But he's definitely the highlight of the movie even though he is only in it for a limited it amount of time. hurts hearing this. Number three. I'm not. The thing I laughed at most in this movie, and there were a total of three laughs in this movie... Oh, wow. The thing I laughed at most were the cameos. There are some cameos in there from Famous Faces, which I thought were very funny. Okay. And that was it. I laughed. How did they do that? I laughed at one talented director, line. Well, let me talented tell you. Hold cast. on. Let me tell you. 
I laughed at one line in the entire movie, and that is it. Right. The trailer okay. that we saw and we kind of made fun of because it did seem unfunny and silly. It's just terrible. Is exactly yeah. how the film plays out. So nice. it's badly written. There are terrible, unfunny dialogue sequences about catchphrases. Um, there's a lot of uh, the word orgy is said five times in the film. It seems like Ha-ha, Flander. Sex funny. We talked about Flanderization uh, recently, and this we've done it before a lot. Dear yeah. listener, if you're unsure of this, Google Flanderization. It's when a character, for example, Ned Flanders in The Simpsons, is reduced to basically one characteristic. A walking gag. Yeah. He's now just a, a joke rather than a character, and this is exactly what has happened to Thor. Thor no! is the most, like, second to Drax, now the most flanderized character in How? the MCU. Because now he is it's just so an idiot. He is, a, he is an idiot. I can't believe it. To the extent... I can't believe they worked so hard on the character. Yep. They actually did a decent job of making him not just an idiot. And so little things like, for example, he'll he'll jump onto his, uh, his Stormbreaker, his axe... And he now will ride it like a witch on a broomstick. But it's not done in an entertaining way. It's just like a... Sorry, did he just do that? Yeah, he did just do that. Or there'll be two machines flying towards him at great speeds coming from two uh, totally opposite directions. And then just before they collide, he jumps in the air. He spreads his legs apart in a yoga pose. And he just he just sits there. And like he, one one flying machine is on his left leg and one other flying machine is on his right leg. And he's sitting there and he's meditating for you know 10 15 seconds it's stuff like that which is just so frustrating because the thor we had in thor ragnarok and in the kind of that sort of era of of avengers movies worked the one the one moment where thor was a good character correct but now where we thought maybe it's worth keeping this one on <laughs> he is he is overwritten he is unfunny he is a one note character who attempts to have a semblance of of depth to him in the maybe two or three emotional beats this movie requires, but because you've seen him be a total idiot for the rest of the film, you just don't buy it anymore because he is this fool who clearly is not the damaged soul we'd seen in the previous uh, movies where he clearly was dealing with things and wasn't dealing with them very well. This time he's just he's just yeah. a goof and not a funny one, just a really annoying <sighs> one. So. It it's hurts. unfunny, and uh, I'm sorry, but Taika Waititi has lost me on this one. Absolutely, I, I would. That's mind blowing. I would rather watch Thor: The Dark World than watch this movie again. It was bad. I'm not like I'm not surprised at how bad it is, though. Um, in a lot of ways, because the amount of content Marvel are putting out is yes. crazy. And when you put out too much content, and you just suck all your resources dry. You're going to be speeding through things and taking shortcuts and not giving things the time and review it needs. And maybe Taika works really well in in situations uh, with creative freedom from the get-go. And I believe he had a lot of creative freedom in this film. Yep. But for some reason, working in a studio has made it bad. And I don't get that. So, But I've got to, I got to say that it will be one of those situations. I don't want to watch this film. I will watch yep. it because I, I do enjoy trying to understand why I dislike things. Oh, for sure. Um, and 
recently with Marvel, it's always just felt like they just didn't review anything. They just never took a second to be like, is this part good? They just did it and then committed full. And, and one of the jokes that they attempt maybe six or seven times is that Thor has uh, giant screaming goats. Which would have been funny if it was 2007. We've, yeah, Screaming Goats was a funny thing on the internet a long time ago. A decade-old interne- internet meme, which they've just decided, oh, this this will be funny, this will be relevant. Did, did they try to make a movie for the Zoomers, but they accidentally made it for the Millennials, but the Millennials are like way past that point of humour yeah. and are feeling just bad about it now? Well, talking of, talking of Marvel, and yes, dear listener, if you have seen the new Thor, I would love to hear if you share my opinion of it. Yeah, I want to I update my... my, my I, I had a similar review of, of The Last Doctor Strange film, where yep. it just generally sucked. I didn't think it and sucked, but it could have been better. I'm exaggerating my feelings a lot. And it's it's because, not because I'm invested in Marvel, but because I want to enjoy these things. Oh, for sure. Like, it's so easy to get them right. And it, the, the painful part is that these films that are so easy to get right and just to treat well and to give good characters and a good plot to, they all keep making the same mistakes. And... They keep doing this thing where they just try to set up some world-ending catastrophe in one film and also resolve it in one film. Yeah. Stop doing that, Marvel. You're old enough now to actually have, like, plots that last longer than a film or a bad guy that lasts longer than a film or an event that lasts longer than a film so that we can actually get invested and that maybe some of the jokes land better because it doesn't feel like there's a world crisis happening in the next minute and we're wasting 15 minutes watching goats scream and we are almost at the end of phase four and we'll, we'll just get into this uh what marvel announced such this a week chunky face they right. just don't aren't patient anymore but but here's my here's my problem because to me there is very much a, a cutoff point for when marvel films started to go downhill and it was at the end of of endgame you know that's when they well, yeah that was it that was the crux that everything was because at that point yeah i was still very much invested in what they were doing and the stories they were telling because it was all working towards some greater narrative but as you say now it's self-contained stories, things that are wrapped up in a one and it's just not done well. You know, previous ones, yeah. the dialogue was sharp, and sure, there were some Marvel-esque jokes and quips in there, but there were other ones which actually made it fun, made it enjoyable. This one and is it just wasn't one per minute. a chore to sit through, and at the end of it, you think, what was the point? Was- but, you know, if you've got a character actor like Christian Bale in for your bad guy, plan two films. First film, the good guys actually lose. Second film, the good guys win. It is completely cliche and easy and standard, but if you've paid someone a big amount of money to do a character very well, give them a bit of victory to make right. it actually something that we have to buy into next time. Okay. Maybe you, maybe they did that. Who knows? I haven't actually seen it, but for most of the films they've done, they've just resolved all their story points and we move on. And Doctor Strange, it was like, the whole multiverse is going to die. Oh, wait, no, it's fine now. We fixed it. <laughs> So just to talk about uh, Marvel, to wrap this bit up, they announced a whole slate of movies through the next three years uh, to bring us to the end of Phase 6. So first of all, they talked and they released the trailer of Black Panther Wakanda Forever, which is now online if you want to go and watch it. It's the sequel to the the 2018 movie. Yeah, trailer is out. And that uh, had the late Chadwick Boseman in it. This trailer of, uh, I would say that's one of the most highly anticipated movies of the year because Bozeman's not been replaced. Yeah. And by the looks of things in the trailer, there is a hint of Black Panther, but who it is or how they're replacing him, no, I don't know. Of course they're going to have a new Black Panther, yeah. Um, but they also talked about essentially what's happening in the next few years. So they confirmed, for example, Fantastic Four. 
Oh yeah, which is coming. We don't uh, have it. the cast confirmed yet. No cast yet. We've got another Ant Man movie. We've got Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. Volume Three. Yeah, and then we have the last one apparently a sequel to Captain Marvel, which is called The Marvels, mm-hmm. where Captain Marvel joins forces with Miss Marvel and uh, Spectrum, who's our old pal oh, Monica yeah, Rambeau. I finished watching that show. Twenty twenty four also has Thunderbolts, which is a new one for me. I don't know what that is, and then twenty twenty four. And 2025 wow. are two wow, Avengers yeah. movies. So on Avengers films, you got a one, new Avengers team. Yeah, Ooh. one is called the Kang Dynasty, and the which o- is, by the way, like ten years worth of stuff that we're just going to wrap up in a year. <laughs> yep, and the other one is called Secret Wars, and they are actually releasing. Which, by the way, is like ten years worth of stuff they're going to wrap up in a year. Yeah, six <laughs> months apart. Those between those two movies. Honestly, that's the part that really hurt me. Is because they have learned how to be successful. Set up the big plot, tie all your films into it, and then bring them together. And they're just gonna do both of those things with like maybe some TV shows to set it up. Yeah. And the TV shows are getting worse and worse and lower and lower quality and budget every time. So it's just painful. And if this is the way all the studios are going, it's gonna be hurt. It's gonna be hurting me. And I, I'm, I'm so glad that indie films are still a thing. And I'm so glad that indie TV is still a thing because if all the studios are just gonna keep making two more shows this year than they did the year before, and they keep making two more films this year than the year they did before, and we've got to watch hundreds of hours of content to just get get one film's worth of decent quality, it's painful. Star Wars, Disney's doing it with Star Wars, Marvel's doing it here, DC are trying to ramp up. If every single franchise, even Star Trek are ramping up the amount of content they're making. If all the franchises are just doing this, where they just pump out a billion things to try and keep the audience entertained all year round, but never have a break. Yep. It sucks. And I'm, I am I am jaded already. And I wish I was jaded 10 years ago. It would have been fun then. Well, here's what, where I would disagree, because 10 years ago, we didn't have the likes of Disney+. Plus. We didn't have these uh, well, Exactly. I would have loved to hit one thing per year rather than 10 <laughs> things per month. Right, right. Okay, fair enough. So I, I totally agree. We're getting to the point of, of total saturation because there are so many shows that are happening all the time that I simply cannot. And people, unless you are... A dedicated fanboy or girl, or you got a ton you, of free time. You simply cannot keep up with the amount of shows that are happening right now, and yeah. that. I, I, but I just don't have the interest to it for it either. Yeah, no, I wouldn't mind complete saturation, a hundred percent of my time dedicated to all things that are good, if they were good. But the fact is that they've saturated, but they've also made the the stuff just very mediocre, not inspiring, and most of the time barely tying together and making sense. So watch Peacemaker instead. They are, they've, 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 they've told us that they're making a season two. It doesn't have to tie into a billion things yet. <laughs> they will go that way, so don't get too invested. Okay. But it was just a really dumb show, but it knew it was perfect. Well, talking of saturation, let's talk about Netflix, who, after enjoying a very long reign as uh, king of streaming, looks like it's facing an uphill battle because they confirmed that between April and July, they lost almost a million subscribers who decided wow. to quit the service. And that means that for two quarters in a row, they've now lost close to one and a half million people. I think they expected to lose more than a they million, did. Though, if I remember correctly. And uh, the firm's boss, Reed Hastings, said, if there was a single thing that stopped the exodus, we might say stranger, stranger things. things. So yes, that is a fair point. This is the where we're going, though, James, because Netflix had, for years and years and years, enjoyed un 
challengeable growth. Well, no, com- no, com- yeah, no competition because they bought everybody else's stuff. Right, but now there's HBO Max, there's Paramount Plus, Disney, Amazon Prime. Hulu. Disney, who also put all their actual effort shows right. into Hulu, by the way. If you want to watch good Disney stuff, maybe Hulu is the place to go. Interesting. So all of these... Well, the Hulu, the, the very fancy Hulu one, not the like cheap okay, Hulu. Okay, so all of these different competitors now who have lots of different items competing for eyeballs. So yeah, is Netflix now at the point where they're they're just having to deal with the fact that this is the base they've got and well, yeah, they've, grown, no. they've grown as big as they can? They've got to evolve as a company, basically, um, and they're trying to do that, and they're trying to lose the least subscribers possible while doing that. And the way they've been doing that for years is by just pumping out a ton of content. And it's the same as with what we're seeing with Marvel and all that, is that Netflix just made so much content with with usually a decent budget that most of it was mediocre and most of it wasn't good and therefore most things people didn't watch a season two off and therefore Netflix started to just cancel season two yeah. before season one was even done or before an actually good show got a chance to pop off um, so people are losing a lot of faith in Netflix and this new Netflix to actually produce their shows very well and people don't want to get invested because Netflix was was getting very cull heavy. They just didn't give us all a chance to enjoy stuff. Okay. But this is what they have to do. They've got to make tons of films and tons of shows to have enough stuff of their own to make you watch it because they can't keep buying right. Disney stuff and they can't keep buying everybody else's stuff because everybody else wants to stream their own stuff. <laughs> and we are, as we've been saying for years, we're back to the cable days. I've never had to experience the cable days, but we're back to the days of everybody just gives you a subscription to their own stuff and you've got to just either buy them all every month or <laughs> switch between them all every month and the next stage of the evolution will be companies who who are offering a multi-pack of all of these uh-huh. channels and we get to watch all of them but only sometimes um so just interestingly at this point what are you doing like what do you pay for if you're willing to share what do i pay for i i i am a i i still have amazon but it's because i still feel like i get more yeah good out of it than I pay in because I, I, I use quite a lot of their services and they're not making money off of me. If they ever start making money off of me, I'm cutting ties. Okay. Uh, so I have Amazon. I am on Now TV for now because I wanted to watch a few TV shows which included the likes of Peacemaker, Succession and, and stuff like that. Maybe Westworld Season 3. Uh, we Own This City is another one, I think, the from the, the, the Wire, de- the oh, wire yeah. developers. Devs? <laughs> I'm speaking game terms. Um, so there's and and that's it. I I borrow some. I borrow for now. I sign into someone's Netflix until they cancel that and make it a fee that needs to be paid. Yep. Um, but I honestly, the shows that I'm watching on Netflix, I could, I could finish them in a month and never watch Netflix again. Um, unless they make something astoundingly good. I am on somebody's Disney account. Um, so I only pay for two. Nice. And I'm ne- I'm never going to be paying for more than two at a time because there's so much to be watching. Um that I won't need more than that. The, um, and that I hope is what everyone else is going to do, where we don't just all sit on 10 subscriptions each and we actually do manage our money and bounce between services and watch the things that you need to watch or want to watch. Yeah. Well, it's, it's the right thing to do. And ultimately, I just noticed too late because I cancelled my Disney Plus subscription after paying for it for a year. Oh. I did the I did the full, like, you've paid for an annual license and so cancelled. And he said, okay, great. Your license expires in March. Yeah, but Next you can year. still watch it for the year, so you're fine. I can still watch it for the year, yeah. yeah. But you're right, it's uh, going to have to be a case of, okay, I'm going to watch things on Netflix like Stranger Things or yeah. uh, Better Call Saul, and yeah. then when I'm finished, I'll cancel it, 
until mm, I need it again. Wait for them to build up enough things that one month of watching is actually going to be full and complete. Yeah. Okay, well, let's, let's talk about trailers then, uh, James. Let's move on and talk about the first one, which came out of San Diego Comic-Con. It is The Rings of Power, the most expensive show in history. Amazon <laughs> have paid for five seasons of this thing. And here is a clip. We thought our joys would be unending. We thought our light would never dim. The skies are strange. You just hear Galadriel, the moment we feared. If you heard of him, lad, if you heard of Sauron... Why does it not look expensive? <laughs> uh, right, so here's my initial thoughts before I pass over to you. It does just look like a BBC adaptation, which hasn't had a lot of money spent on it. And even yeah. the CGI, which they have done, doesn't look as good as the movies from 20 years ago. And I don't understand why that's the thing, but how that works. But I guess it's what, Uncanny Valley? It just feels too fake. Well, yeah, a lot and of it I, will. I'm just, I'm not... I am not on board with this show yet. It's not sold me yet. However, this trailer was way better than the earlier one, the teaser. Um, okay, fair enough. I, as a person who knows the stories of the first and the second age of The Lord of the Rings, which is what this is doing, uh, I'm, I'm maybe going to be more upset with the decisions they're making because they're condensing those things into a very short time span. Okay. And you may remember from previous conversations, we were talking about how they were going to be visiting both ages. Maybe it's like separate storylines that make sense when you watch them together, but are spanning thousands of years of time. No, they're trying to condense thousands of years worth of time into like a generation or something like that. Um, so it's going to feel cheap for me. Um, I don't like some of the character decisions. I feel, I feel like I, I, every time I see who I think is Elrond, the elf. <laughs> I don't want to believe that it's Elrond because he's got like some cool little short haircut and it feels so wrong. <laughs> um, a lot of the costuming just feels cheap, like you're saying. A lot of the set design just feels cheap, like you're saying. It feels kind of small and it feels painterly in not a good way. It feels like <laughs> it feels like the, someone's gotten a really good film camera um, and tried to make it work on a on a mac on a micro set instead of like actually having a full set and stuff like that. So I, I'm not sold on this. I'm probably gonna watch it. I'm probably gonna enjoy it, but I don't think it's gonna knock me out of the park. Knock. Don't think it's gonna knock it out of the park. I don't think it's gonna be a ten. I don't think it's gonna be great. Um, okay. But hopefully it will keep people interested in the Lord of the Rings, and maybe we'll get a good film of some story eventually in the future. It's my investment in all these things. I watch all the Marvel things for maybe eventually we'll get one another good film again. I'll watch all Star Wars because maybe we'll get a good film eventually. Same for this. I'll watch this and then maybe in the future it'll be something I actually enjoy is my bet. Okay, let's move on to another trailer. This is another franchise or maybe a franchise starter. Dungeons and Dragons. Wow. Honor Among Thieves. This stars Chris Pine and other famous people including yeah, Michelle Rodriguez. Yeah. Another People whose names I've forgotten. Here's a clip. Okay. Truth be told, we helped the wrong person steal the wrong thing. We didn't mean to unleash the greatest evil the world has ever known. But we're going to fix it. So how do we pull that off? Figure it out over a drink? Probably best. James, I don't really know what to think of this because this is not what I expected. 
What do you think? Well, I'm glad it's not just trying to be very high quality, gritty fantasy. I'm glad it looks like it's just not taking itself too seriously and stuff like that. We need more of that. So yep. when I saw the name of the trailer and I saw that it had Dungeons and Dragons in it, my heart sank. I was like, oh my goodness, this cannot be good. This is going to be so upsetting. And then I watched the trailer and I was like, okay, I'm probably going to like this. Because it's not trying to oversell me. It's not trying to pretend it's epic. It's just going to be fun. And I'm in. It sold me. Well done. Do you know what's interesting and about it is that it, because I think it wasn't what I expected, I expected a sort of, uh, if you were cast your mind back to the World of Warcraft movie from a few years ago. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Which yeah. took itself super seriously. and Really was, serious, yeah. People didn't really like it. I expected more of that, but it just seemed like a fun time in this trailer. So it might actually turn out okay when people realize, you know what, this isn't to be taken seriously and it's just there to be enjoyed. Yeah, and it looks enjoyable, and it looks well executed, and and surprisingly, it looks like they've cared enough about Dungeons and Dragons in general, the setting, the the like characters, the monsters and stuff. That maybe there's going to be some enjoyment for the for the for the nerdy folks who are watching it. So, I hope they've balanced all of that very well, and it is actually enjoyable, and it's not just a well edited trailer. Um, and I think that Chris Pine playing a, a, a leading man bard character in a fantasy setting is flawless. That's the perfect decision. It's it's excellent casting. Okay, one yeah. final trailer he before did look, we... He did look a billion years old, though. I, I didn't recognize him for a bit. <laughs> He's an old boy now. Okay, look, He looked haggard. One last trailer. It is another franchise, except this is a spin-off. I'm pleased. Sorry, sorry. I'm <sighs> glad he looked old, though. Like, it made me feel good inside. Right, okay. Game of Thrones spin-off with... Matt Smith in a wig. It's House of the Dragon. Hey, the wig looks better every time I see it, okay? Okay. Here's a clip. I consider the matter urgent. That of your succession. The Iron Throne is the most dangerous seat in the realm. And our line is vulnerable. Too easily ended. Well, who else would have a claim? The firstborn child. Rhaenyra. No queen has ever sat the Iron Throne. The king has an heir. Damon Targaryen. I will not be made to choose between my brother and my daughter. Okay, James, floor is yours. Okay. Um, here's the big point I want to make. House of the Dragon, this trailer and this show is a huge reminder as to the major advantage that these established studios that are owned by entire huge film companies have over the likes of Amazon and Netflix. Wherein the sets, the costumes, everything are on the next level. They are just better. And it's not obvious why. It's not obvious what they're doing that is different, but because these studios have so much more time and experience and history and all these massive stages that they already have and they're not having to rent out and they can take their time with and everything's more efficient, they're squeezing so much more quality out of all of those little physical things that the show looks better. This looked way better than Lord of the Rings did, yep. even though the trailer was it didn't have any elements of it that were better. It wasn't technically more exciting. It just is superior. And I'm about as invested. It, I, it hasn't won me over yet, but it has won me over a little bit. It looks a little bit better than it did in the initial trailers and stuff like that. And then knowing the story and knowing the characters they're going for, if they stay faithful to those characters, it could be a fun show. It could be a good show to watch. And it was, a, having seen it so close in time to the 
the Rings of Power trailer and so close in time even to the something like the Dungeons and Dragons trailer, it really blew blew my mind and reminded me of how good Game of Thrones looked, how good the costumes and stuff were, how good all the stuff appeared to be and how much easier it was to buy into the show because of that. And I think that this is going to be the same, that all of those little steps are going to be so much easier to take than they would be in other shows. So I might enjoy it. Yep. Okay, fair enough. My uh, summary is basically that. It looks like a million dollars, but uh, is it enough to really get me to sign up for another streaming service right now? (laughs) No. I know, right? No. (laughs) I will wait to see if if it's going to be worth the money. Yeah. Fortunately, I think it's going to be on Now TV, which I currently have um, for other shows. So I'll get to just pin it on to the end. I'll be your source. Okay, James, three quick-fire stories to take us home. Let's talk about Boris Johnson once again. This is the news that, and dear listener, this was news to me, the Metropolitan (laughs) Police have admitted they didn't send questionnaires to Boris Johnson over Partygate gatherings. (laughs) So they're either just bad at their job or corrupt, right? (laughs) One of the two. They said they'd be sending out questionnaires to everyone at the parties. They concluded their their investigations without even sending Boris Johnson in questionnaires about some of the parties that people got fined to attend. So surely they're either just really, really bad at their job or corrupt. And either way, we need to change the system. (laughs) So once again, this was a story which was largely ignored by uh, mainstream press. Downing Street had previously said that Johnson did not receive police questionnaires relating to some lockdown events. As you say, James, ones that other people were fined for. Yeah. But this revelation on Monday is the first time the Met Police have admitted they (laughs) didn't send the Prime Minister questionnaires for certain events. So this is off the back of the Good Law Project, who who took this to court uh, alongside uh, Brian Paddock, the Liberal Democrat peer and a former uh, senior police officer. And in a document summarising the Met Police's response, the force said it could confirm no questionnaire was sent to Johnson for two gatherings in 2020. It confirmed it did send one in relation to one in 2021, and he received a single £50 fine. So, James, as you say, it's crazy. either it's incompetency or it's corruption. Which is it? Like, I don't see a third. And maybe, maybe one of you out there, one of you clever listeners can tell us what the third option is. <laughs> But surely there's no decent reason for Boris not to get the questionnaire when other people at the very yep. same premises did. Absolute insanity. But as you say, welcome to the world. Yeah, well, the UK. well, welcome to people supporting the Tories when they don't deserve it. <laughs> okay, let's uh, go stateside and talk about Steve Bannon and then we'll finish up with uh, Donald Trump. Wow. This is the news that Steve Bannon was found guilty of contempt of Congress for ignoring a subpoena from the House Select Committee investigating the January 6th riot. So Mm. this is... Why would he ignore it, though? (laughs) I don't know. This is the uh, the Justice Department who took uh, Mr. Bannon to court uh, over the fact that he refused to cooperate with the legal subpoena. And after two days of hearing evidence and testimony, the jury reached a unanimous verdict on the two charges of contempt. Uh, Apparently, Mr. Bannon's team uh, said that uh, he didn't realise that it was a legal thing and he thought it was just optional. Oh, I bet they didn't tell him it was like... I bet they didn't tell him at all and that he doesn't <laughs> that he didn't just ignore them. And it's nothing to do with the fact that, you know, Mr. Bannon 
played no, a, a serious no, role in the like events a, of January he's like, 6th. He's, he's not like trying to just hide things and hope that it moves on. No, 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 no. Accident. So th- this is uh, one where, again, it's, it, I'm sure it's a good thing that he's been found guilty of contempt. Oh, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what does that mean? Does, is he, I don't actually know. Is it a small fine? Is he, does he, have is to he going like to thousand? prison? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It would be nice to know. I should check. Um, but, you know, it is another big name uh, in the Trump circle and the Trump allies who got investigated everything, has got called to be a witness and then didn't, and now he's getting trouble. And that doesn't mean that he, he, he's not going to keep getting investigated. This is a different trouble. He's, he's guilty of something else while also still being a part of the investigation over Jan 6 and all of that stuff. So it, there is momentum here. We are seeing potential for justice if only America's system can step up. Okay, and one final story for this episode, and it's the news that Donald Trump is uh, back in the headlines again. The US Justice Department are examining his actions over the attempts to overturn the 2020 presidential election results. Yeah. Uh, According to US media, federal prosecutors have asked witnesses directly about the behaviour of the former president. So far, they're yet to open a criminal investigation into Mr. Trump himself, Uh, but this is, of course, off the, the back of all these witness statements and the hearings we've been seeing yeah. uh, happen at the Senate. Well, was, yeah, so this is one massive criminal investigation into a whole bunch of stuff. And then finally, we've reached the point where we've confirmed or where they've confirmed happily publicly that something directly tied to Trump is being investigated. Whereas before, all the things that were released was like associates of his and right, right. contacts of his. Um, so we are again seeing movement, and it's the same. It's just, what on earth does it even mean? <laughs> I mean, I think it's again, it's a good thing. I think. Yeah. But is there going to be any? Is Trump going to go to prison? No, yeah. I don't think you will. I get the feeling that they had to announce, "Hey, Trump's Trump's a wee bit investigated, but not really yet. But maybe actually going to be criminally investigated soon because he might be announcing <laughs> that he's running soon, right? So they're going to get out. Yes, they're going to get out before that and say, "Hey." Trump is involved with this criminal stuff and we're saying it before he's announced so that you can't just tell us that it's a response to him announcing. Uh, yeah, but I don't know. It's the same. Like, Surely it can't be that hard to, to, to find something he's guilty of, but it's going to take a, yeah. a, a decade and then he's going to be dead and then he doesn't ever get punished. <laughs> yeah, there was there was a lot that was said during those those uh, January 6th hearings. We still we had another one this past week. Yeah. Uh, which showed a whole host of things including the very dramatic uh, footage of the vice president Mike Pence being escorted uh, within feet of the rioters who had stormed the building yeah. on January 6th. So th- there's a lot of really damning stuff in there. And according to the testimony from various people, including uh, White House staffers, his own children, he did nothing. He just sat there and watched the TV. Right. Yeah, at the very least, he's negligent. <laughs> but we all know that. Right. We all know how, how much of a part he played. It's just about how much of this can be, can be proven to the degree that you can get him in like actual legal trouble for the, it. The unfortunate thing though... And, and, I, and nothing I want more in is, is, is to see people actually held accountable because then uh, yeah, it, it won't happen again so easily. Well, the problem is this just plays into any 2024... Oh yeah, it does, totally. ...run-ups because ultimately we are, what, a year away? Less wow. from when people start, oh, start their campaigns. And so 
if he is still and he will still be in some way, shape, or form in the headlines, either yeah, running himself, yeah, yeah, or still challenging the 2020 results as fraudulent. Of course, there's going to be candidates who put themselves forward and say, "Oh yeah, I totally agree. We were it was stolen." But then you'll have other Republicans, as we saw last week with Mike Pence, who who held a separate rally, mere miles away from where Trump was holding a similar rally, where they're going in two different schools of thought. You know, Mike Pence, who's saying, "Well, no." You lost the election, and I support the the justice and fairness of of law. A bit late, for and that. then the other school of thought, which is no, we we were we were stolen, and and that's just the the narrative now. Yeah, so we are seeing in the end fighting, and maybe it will lead to the weak uh, some weakness in the party. That's the one thing that conservative leaning parties always seem to have an advantage on is that they they have a little bit less infighting because generally they just. They want to just push things back a bunch of years, and that's very easy to agree on. Whereas, what to make progress on is harder to agree on. So, if we are seeing more infighting in the Republicans, it is actually a sign that maybe there's a hope that even someone like Biden has a chance. <laughs> Sorry, that was so hard to say. <laughs> even the least inspiring Democrat has a chance of like victory. Because they're all very not inspiring and they need all the help they can get. So, if the Republicans can fight and help them win, Good on them. Okay, James, I believe that is time up. We have come to the end of the show. Thank you very much for all your thoughts, your participation, your interesting analysis and insight. And dear listener... Wow, you're overselling this, but I appreciate it. If you have any of the above, or perhaps none... Let us know anyway. Ceaseoperate yeah. at gmail.com, <laughs> at Ceaseoperate on Twitter. And James, thank you very much. We'll see yeah. you is your, next week. Has your brain got so few neurons that you can count them on two hands? Please get in touch. <laughs> We'd love to hear from you. And James, yeah, next week. Let's do it. Next Wednesday. Bye. <laughs>